Hey guys, Mina here. Just jumping in here to let you guys know we have something so exciting. It's a free masterclass and we created it just for you right now. We keep getting questions. How do I pivot and sell right now? The number one question we get is how can I make more sales? And so we want to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. So if you want this totally free masterclass that we've created for product-based businesses, head over to pivotandsell.com. We'll see you in there. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kulosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my empowering co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So guys, I looked up a few adjectives for ways to describe Mina (laughs) because I try and come up with new ones every time. I mean, it wasn't like Googling ways to describe Mina. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have any that you suggest that I should use? please send me a DM. Um, I would love to go from that. So you might hear some fun ones as I, as I start to look up. This is what I Googled. Empowering words to describe strong women. Mm. So there you are. Yeah. And when you actually went with empowering. <laughs> <laughs> Mina never knows what I'm about to say. Yeah. Let's just let you all know that part. Yes. Nobody knows. Not and even if you Jacqueline. watch live ever, <laughs> she's like, what's coming? All right, though. This is a fantastic episode we're excited to bring to you. So let's get serious. So today we're going to, we're going to ask you, we want you to answer these three questions. If you want to up level your business, you with us? Right. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Good thing. We've got a podcast about it. <laughs> right. All right, friends. So pay attention. Let's answer these questions. These are, you know, this is definitely going to be one of our workshop style ones that we want you guys to dig in and answer these questions because we want you to up-level your business. And I know you do too. Right. So So, Mina, the first question is, do you have systems in place? So when we're talking about that, when we're thinking about a business that's really up-leveled, really, you know, has all of its stuff together. I'm really thinking about a well-oiled machine. And a well-oiled machine has systems in place. I mean, they are imperative because as you're growing your business, it's not only just you, it's your team, your vendors, your manufacturers, all the people that need to know what standard operating procedures are in order for you to grow. You know, there's your employees, let's say, or anybody you work with, there's systems in place that just make it easier for you to be at the helm of this boat or what was that captain analogy we had, right? The systems in place for you being a captain of your ship because it is like a well, well-oiled well machine that you're trying to create here. 
Like how many other cliches can we come up with? I love it. No. Um, mm-hmm. So the other thing, so speaking of that too, is like, can your business run without you? So mm-hmm. I majority of the time, small businesses are started by one person and they are doing all of the things. And as you start to grow, you are hopefully able to hire, right? You're able to bring on help. But as you're growing, I feel this is my own personal opinion. You're doing all the things, right? And you don't even have time to track what you're doing. But when you bring on your first hire, you need to be able to teach that person, this is how you do this. This is how I do it. This is how you do it. And then once I teach you, go ahead and figure out if you've got a more effective way of doing it. So a standard operating procedure or an SOP is something, it's part of the systems as you create these, you know, how is something made? How is it shipped? How do you prep for shipping? What do you do when you're dealing with customer service? Um, There's all these things that because the idea is, is as you do grow your business, that it absolutely can function without you. Right now, you guys might think in your head, there's no way. But it can and it will if you continue to grow it and if you get the systems in place. Or, And when I say that too, it doesn't mean that you're no longer in your business or important to your business. It's just that then you level up to that CEO level where you're strategic and you're visioning and you're not having to do all of the things and you could have meetings with managers and they'll come tell you, this is how production's doing. This is how shipping's doing. You know, this is how our revenue is doing, but you're not having to do everything. Yeah. There's a couple books. I'll link them in the show notes and you should listen to them on Audible. I will link them on Audible. Um, but one is Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. He talks about the Queen Bee role. Is that that book? Queen Bee mm-hmm. role. And basically the test of whether a business, uh, he writes in the book, is is whether or not the CEO can leave for a couple weeks and it doesn't fall apart with It works them. like clockwork. It works like clockwork. The other thing is Built to Sell. Even it, uh, the other book um, is called Built to Sell. And that one is, um, it's been around forever. I, I don't even know how, how long, but it is really about creating a business that is built to sell because you, even if you don't plan to sell, you have this, framework. And for us as small business owners, it's really about those SOPs, right? We have a system in place. So when we pluck ourselves out of this machine, it can still run on its own. And whether or not you're selling it or whether or not that revenue is coming to you and your business um, is up to you. But it's really a great book to really wrap your mind around this whole idea of getting the right systems in place. So these, I want you guys to also think about systems in the way of Shark Tank. So Shark Tank, oftentimes the questions they ask really do have to do with systems in a way. How is this set up? What does your pricing look like? Are you guys built to grow, right? And so much of that starts at that foundational level of systems. If you guys are starting off on this rocky, rocky foundation, I actually see this a lot in my other business. Um, You have your platform that you build a house on, right? Or a building, like you have this solid foundation. And then if it's solid, then you can build a sturdy home on top of it. You can build something that's built to last. Now, if it's not solid, if your systems are a mess, if, if things are just not put in the right places, then it's going to crumble. Um, so I think one of the things also to talk about that I know we talk about a lot though is pricing even, right? So mm-hmm. some systems that, you know, Mina and I often teach in systems visibility and sales and the systems that we focus on a lot in our course multi-shoe machine, for example, is we talk about pricing. Are you pricing correctly? Are you making margins so that you can get revenue? Um, you know, are 
does your stuff look good? Like, are you taking the right photos? Are you tracking your inventory? Do you guys know how much it takes to make something? So let's say you're making, you're pouring candles. How much wax goes into each candle? Do you know the inventory of the raw goods? Do you know the inventory that you're sitting on your shelves that is actually like holding money, right? All this inventory that you have, whether it's raw goods or finished goods are cash that's sitting on a shelf and we need to be turned back into cash and also shipping because shipping is so important because it takes a lot of time. It delivers it to your customer. If it's incorrect or the customer is unhappy, that's going to really like rock your foundation. And, and it, again, it's so much a part of (laughs) the time you guys spend is in shipping and taking it to the post office. Like is, is what you're doing effective? Right. And you know, with all those, right. Are you building a system in place that's streamlined? Right. So when you're thinking about streamlining, let's even take those examples, right? Photos, pricing, um, inventory, and shipping. Are there places that people can go that they, if you had a team, do they know where to find the other boxes? Do they know how the workstation works? Um, Do they know where to find your photos in your photo library, for example, or what types of photos are available? Um, And the other flip side of that is that are you the bottleneck? So are you building systems in place that make yourself the bottleneck? Then that would be a no for the question that Jacqueline asked earlier. And that was, can the business run without you? You know, it's an indicator that if your business can't run without you, then you're probably setting your systems up where you could potentially be the bottleneck. I mean, that's even, that's like question number four, right? Like, who's a <laughs> bottleneck? <laughs> Right. And and we do, we do become the bottleneck, especially when you guys, you guys know, like if you're in an, if you're just solopreneur right now and everything is reliant on you, if you get sick, it's not getting shipped out. Right. If you're busy with your kids, you're not able to do work at the same time. So yeah. if you don't come the inventory, who is going to? Yeah. So we get it. Some of you are hiring. Some of you are hiring large teams. Some of you are making your first hires. Some of you are still solopreneurs, but no matter what, no matter what level you're at, these systems foundationally need to be set in place so that as you grow, and I used to, I tell my clients this, like I want them to operate, operate like a multimillion dollar business, even when it's just them. Because if you're setting these systems up initially and you're tracking things, you're tracking orders, you're auditing your stuff. I mean, Nina and I teach systems in so many different ways, but you have these standard operating procedures to each aspect of your work you're going to know, you're going to know about the pulse of your business. You're going to know so much more about it. And then as you bring people on, it's going to be an easier transition than being like, I I don't know. I order from here. I do that. Things are over Mm -hmm. there. Go figure it out. It's in my brain. It makes me, drives me a little bit crazy is people are like, it's, you know, it's just organized chaos. I'm like, really? Is it organized chaos when it's in your brain? Then it's really not organized chaos, right? That's kind of like, oh, I, you know, one of my husband's best friends used to say this. He was so disorganized, so disorganized. It would give me anxiety. And he would say, yeah, but it's organized chaos. I know exactly where it is underneath all these piles. I'm like, really? Because that's more beneficial than just organizing your stuff to be system, you know, systemized because that would make it easy for him too. And it used to drive me bonkers. But that is the big question, right? Um, For up-leveling your business, for number one is, do you have systems in place that help you as a solopreneur, but also will eventually help your team? 
Yeah. So I think your little action item from that guys is thinking, what's the one place right now that feels maybe the most chaotic and can I set a system? Yeah. It's going to be really hard for you to overhaul everything, but think, is there something right now that you can start to track or create a system for? So question number two for, if you want to level up your business is, do you have multiple sales channels in place? Right. And I think that this one was the biggest question of 2020 for business owners, right? (laughs) Because we felt it. Like if you were really um, dependent on one sales channel, you felt the hurt of COVID-19 knocking you right off of wherever you thought that you were and making you stop and be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? And it was scary um, for, for especially for people who only had one sales channel. So up-leveling your business really has to do with multiple sales channels because it's distributing your risk when things like this happen. Right. So entrepreneurship, business ownership, it's always going to be a wave, right? You always ride that wave. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy, with trends, with anything, right? With platforms you're on, whether it's social media or sales. Um, but you, and you ride this wave. And I think that's part of the thrill of being an entrepreneur that there's this, it's, it's never boring. 2020 though was like, was, is is going to be continues. (laughs) Um, I'm like, I've moved on in my brain. It's like 2022 already. (laughs) But, um, what, what we want you guys to think about is COVID-19 was like a perfect example of like an immediate, not a perfect example, but something getting knocked out from under you. So we have a couple clients uh, and students that were actually many students that were selling wholesale, that a huge majority of their business was wholesale. And when COVID-19 happened and there was the, the shutdown, that initial shutdown, stores were one of the first things to shut down, right? Leaving your house. And so we saw that as you guys pivoted to online, as you pivoted to direct to consumer versus business to business, that was sort of where people were able to survive and pick up orders and pick up sales. Now, depending on wherever you are in the world, things are opening back up again. You know, there's certain states that are like, we're not shutting down. There's certain states that are staying closed. But here's the kicker. Everybody figured out, retailers, you all, everyone figured out how to go virtual if they wanted to exist. So even wholesale is not dead. Wholesale is making a comeback. People are wanting, people are leaving their houses and shopping in stores again. But the idea here is, is that if you have multiple sales channels, even if it's 80-20, even if 80% is direct to consumer and 20% was wholesale, for example, and wholesale got crushed initially, if you had other places that you were selling, right, multiple sales channels, it would be okay. You could, you could ride that wave and take that dip until it came back, which we're seeing right now. There's a comeback to things that took a dip. Right. And I think when, you know, you use that word survival, right? Um, when we're thinking about survival, even at, at its basic way, we're thinking about evolution. Well, I really do think that wholesale is going to survive, but it's going to evolve, mm-hmm. right? So wholesale is not dead. As Jacqueline said, things are opening back up, but they look different. Boutique owners, wholesalers, they know, resellers, they know that they need to evolve in order to make the industry different than what it was. And so we're seeing a lot of that happen virtually, but also, you know, customer experience, um, relationship building, all of that is going to evolve within the industry. So you're going to see it 
look a little bit differently in order for it to survive. It needs to evolve. And that's what we're seeing a lot of because we don't know what's going to happen, but we're definitely seeing people understand that they don't know either. So we're all kind of evolving together. Agreed. And this goes for anything. This goes for in-person trade shows. This goes for farmer's markets. This goes for, um, what else do people do? (laughs) (laughs) Even local, local eating at restaurants. We're seeing an evolution of even, uh, customer experience at restaurants. Yeah. But this, and even influencers and influencers, like, you know, how they're, how they're taking action or, or, um, how do I say this, uh, showing up for their own followers. So when you're thinking about multiple sales channels and you're thinking about all the places that you guys sell, right? So you probably all have one main sales channel, right? That's like your, your lead in. Um, Oh, Amazon, for example, like Mina was on Amazon, but do you guys remember when Amazon stopped selling non-essential goods? Mina, do you remember? Oh, Amazon. (laughs) It's like my, you know, it's like the talk of the day every day here. That's how big it is, you know, (laughs) because it's, it's, it's Mina's main, you know, sales channel. It's her main platform. But fortunately when that happened, she also has her own website. She sells on, you know, flash deal sites. She sells to subscription boxes. She has, you know, other ways of selling her product. So even when we thought like this major thing, Amazon just like shut down, at least she had multiple sales channels that she could continue on. So we've been telling you guys this since the beginning. I'm even going to say it to Etsy. If you're on Etsy, you cannot control if Etsy is going to pull you off. God forbid, but you might do something. Your best product might all of a sudden, someone might say to you like, you know, that's, um, copyright infringement or you're using the wrong word or whatever, and they might pull it off. So when you're on other people's platforms or even when you have your own platform, things change. So we just want to make sure that you guys know multiple sales channels are important and that you do have them in place if you want to level up. Yeah. Especially if you want to level up because, you know, we're talking to a lot of solopreneurs, they might be makers, they might not be, but a lot of people that are solopreneurs don't think about those multiple sales channels. And that really is the big way of up-leveling your business. So no matter what, like we said, as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, you do, you do need to expand. You usually start in one place and you expand and it doesn't mean that everything's divided equally. It's not like 25, 25, 25, 25 of like, you know, your revenue coming equally. There probably will be your top two that you really lean into and you take care of. But by having these other little revenue sources, it just ensures the survival of your business and it ensures the growth of your business because Mm -hmm. it's hard to expect all the things from one sales channel alone. Yeah, especially long-term. Okay, so last one, you guys. The third way to up-level your business is to have a visibility plan. Okay, so So visibility plan. Do you guys have a visibility plan? So that's mixed between visibility and visibility is marketing, marketing is visibility, but we're we're talking about visibility in the way that people can find you and right, that, that you brand are brand awareness. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So marketing is so many things. Visibility is only a piece of that, but a big piece of that is an initial part of brand awareness that happens, right? So are people finding you like a star in the universe? Do they even know you exist? And they don't even know to look for you. Right. So right. 
So this goes two ways and we talk about push marketing versus pull marketing. So, you know, push marketing is when you are sending out emails, you know, you are probably showing up on social, you're pushing things out to the world, right? But are, are, is the audience, is the consumer there seeing it? Pull marketing is when you go out and you find them and you're bringing them into your business. Like, what are you doing to acquire new customers? And the idea here is the visibility when it comes down to you guys being visible on other people's platforms, visible on your platform. When we even talk about multiple sales channels, like Mina touched on, visible on other sales channels. Because even if it's not a huge revenue driver, you're in front of a new customer base. Right. That might be the only place they ever even became aware of you is on a different platform. You're just adding that extra layer of, oh, I'm seeing that person everywhere. You know, I'm seeing that brand everywhere. We've all been there where we're like, oh my gosh, everywhere I turn, I see them. And then that makes them top of mind for when you're in the buying decision. Absolutely. What are some visibility things that they could think about, Jacqueline? Okay. Well, I think one thing that you guys are all thinking about usually, typically, always is Instagram, right? How Mm -hmm. are you showing up on social? And you guys have heard us talk a lot about Instagram and the importance of showing up and showing up consistently. Um, And then, but I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a very small percentage of your audience that ever sees you, like sees your stories or sees your feed. So we've talked about this in our workshops. Um, but for example, on average, only 4% of your following sees your stories. And about, was it 14% sees your feed? Now, the less followers you have, the higher that goes, but it doesn't go that much higher. So I want you guys to think about that. Like all this work you're putting in a social, which we agree that you should do, has a smaller reach than maybe you think it does. So even if you're like, I have 3,000 followers, well, all 3,000 followers are not seeing your stuff. Right. And your visibility plan, whether it's social, whether it's, you know, getting that initial email maybe from other people, because you're really thinking about brand awareness here. It's really about expanding your reach. What are what are your efforts that you're doing that will expand your reach? Are you getting on, again, multiple platforms? Are you getting in front of other people's audiences? Whether or not the store is physically open and they're walking in and seeing the product on a shelf, or if that store is doing its own marketing and is a virtual online e-commerce store as well. So we're talking about visibility. I know I talked, I touched on social media, but what Mina started talking about was even email, right? So are you in all of these places, in all these places that you were literally visible, are you acquiring email addresses? Are you then pushing out emails to them that's bringing them back into your store to purchase from you, you know, to engage with you, to keep having these touch points with them? Um, like you said, in person or showing up, However, your replacement to in-person is, are people talking about you? Do you have, are your friends and family talking about you and being like, oh, they know how to refer you. They're like, Mina, she makes baby bottle labels um, that like, if you send your kid to preschool and you buy little labels, you can put it on, you can name it. And then that's exactly what you need to do when you send your kids to camp or school, right? So they don't lose their stuff. So can people talk about you? Are they talking about you? Do they want to talk about you? Um, So there's such, there's visibility strategy there that because you start to be seen by more people in more places and it gives your business credibility. Right. And it's with a visibility plan, you'll find that 
what you're going for is not to get to in front of a whole bunch of people, but more so the right people a whole bunch of times, Mm -hmm. you know? So make sure you're not just casting a wide net. It's really about being in front of the right people with your visibility plan. Exactly. So just to go back over these questions for you guys, as you ask yourself again, do you have systems in place? Do you have multiple sales channels in place? And do you have a visibility plan? So whether you do or you don't, it is time to start now and start thinking about all these things we talked about and think about what can you work on? What can you address right now in your business to level up? Thanks, everybody. Hey, friends. One last thing before you go. We created this podcast as a reminder that you are not alone in this. Growing a product business is hard, and we are happy to help you through it. So thank you so much for listening, and we truly appreciate it. And thank you for those who have left a review and we want to give a special shout out to you. Thank you so much. We read every single one of these and they mean so much to us, including this one from startup hard up. She says, these ladies are as relatable as they are knowledgeable in the realm of product businesses. Their advice is so good and actionable. I find myself binging and re-listening to all my favorite episodes. They also create genuine community with listeners. For example, on Instagram, go follow them now. If you haven't already. Wow. That was so kind to say. We love reading these and these really help us reach more people and ultimately help more small businesses, which you guys know is our mission. So thank you. Hey guys, wait, before you go, we want to remind you that we've created this incredible masterclass. It is totally free. It is our pivot and sell masterclass where we are going to teach you how to create a plan to boost your sales and grow your business right now. You do not want to miss this. It's totally free. So Mina, where should they go? Go to pivotandsell.com and you guys can get that free masterclass and get started on creating a plan to boost your sales right now.